Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 105 in Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers now. Bob Stauffer with you from San Jose, California. The Oilers looking for a little bit of a shot of redemption after a, uh, well, it was a discouraging loss, frankly, a week ago Tuesday against the Sharks, a team that's kind of taken them to the woodshed here. San Jose is 5-0-1 against Edmonton in the last six games. Uh, that the two teams have met, and the Sharks skated away with a 6-3 victory. And I think, in fairness, the score kind of flattered Edmonton. It was 4 nothing at one point. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time eating with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office uh, technology and software. Uh, we will tell you that you can continue to text us on our new Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors has more for your floor. We're on Twitter. I'm at Bob underscore Stopper. Brendan Escott's a big part of the show. He is at Brendan with two E's and Escott with two T's, the show Twitter account, which uh, it's, got a, it's got some followers on it. Not bad for, uh, you know, it's got more followers and some radio stations in town at Oilers now and you can uh, we'll tell you this uh, we're going to uh, go off to our River Creek Resort and Casino hotline 780-496-0063 and go to our Oilers now headliner today brought to you by Touchback Safety your safety is their goal discover your training safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com we welcome back to the show uh, San Jose Sharks broadcast analyst and all around good guy Brett Hedekin. Brett, how are you doing? Hey, hey, oh, that's a nice introduction. Thanks, Bob. Doing well, and uh, good to talk to you again. Yeah, well, you know, uh, devoid of eagle. That's the thing, and, and and believe me, if I recall from you in the nineties, I mean, you know, you were you were a very popular player uh, wherever you went. Uh, you know, <laughs> I remember you with the Canucks, and uh, you could always skate. Uh, you know, pride of St. Cloud State. We won't bring up the fact that they beat the Golden Bears this year after Alberta beat Minnesota Duluth the night before. But you played over a thousand games in the National Hockey League. Obviously, you won a Stanley Cup in Carolina in 2005, 2006. Uh, 
I mean, you had a terrific career. If you, if, if you, if you, other than winning the Stanley Cup, which is an obvious, you have a couple of memorable. Uh, when you think back to your career, that just kind of make you ch- PG thirteen, of course, that just make you yeah. chuckle a bit from your playing days. You mean as far as memories that that come to mind? Yeah, like some uh, of your fondest memories. Yeah, you know, there's a memory I had. You know, I, I always say there's a reason why I was traded to Vancouver, and. I remember going up, and I was playing for the Blues. I was a rookie, and I was only a couple years in the NHL. Uh, my first season didn't start out well. I tore my MCL in the last game of preseason, so I, I kind of got behind the eight ball my very first year. But the next following year, I remember going up to Vancouver and playing the Canucks, and we got our butts kicked. And uh, and I remember being kind of miserable in St. Louis. We didn't have a real strong locker room, and it was kind of disjointed and whatnot. And I remember circling on the calendar um, the next time the Vancouver comes into St. Louis, I'm going to make sure I'm ready for that game. I'm going to impress this team. I'd love to play for them someday. <laughs> well, lo and behold, I end up getting traded there uh, not shortly thereafter. And I just remember being in that locker room. And one of the things I remember is just Pat Quinn and the way he conducted himself within the team and uh, the way he helped and, and made everybody feel important. It's kind of what I'm hearing coming out of the, the Edmonton locker room right now this morning, talking to some of the players that, you know, Dave Tippett has done a terrific job of making guys feel like they're a part of the team, whether or not they play six, seven minutes a night, or they're Connor McDavid. Um, and when you get guys feeling important, you can do great things. And so, uh, you know, those are the things I remember about my career of moments of, you know, where a team really came together and, and felt uh you know, it, 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 it feels so right. And obviously that year for, for us in 94, we went all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost to the New York Rangers. So, you know, what I felt from a, an opponent's standpoint, I actually felt from within it. And then it actually parlayed into a, a great run with the, with the Canucks that year. You know, it's funny because by the time we got Pat in Edmonton, uh, I actually think Pat may have been sick and, and maybe didn't even realize it yet uh, because he was a bigger-than-life personality, as you know. Like, I mean, this is the sort of guy, hey, 2.30, you're leaving a, a, a club, that's the guy you want with you. <laughs> he was, you know, but, yeah. and he, he, he had such a commanding presence. You guys played the Rangers that year in 94, and the Rangers were trying to shake that 54, uh, you know, that 54-year curse. What I remember about Game 7 was how good Trevor Linden was. Like, with all due respect to Mark Messi, he's one of my favorite players of all time. Trevor Linden was unbelievable. Like, he literally will, like, I mean, and, I mean, you guys lost. It was close. Just, I mean, just as Oilers can relate to your victory with Carolina in 0506, some of the ex-Oilers that might even be listening to the show right now. Uh, you know, and, and that's the thing. Margins are tight when you get to the top, aren't they? They are. I mean, that game was 3-2, and we hit the post with 10 minutes to go, and Anthony Lafayette, just a great one-time shot from the slot would have tied the game. Um, you know, I think they had the two days between Game 6 and Game 7. I think that's what they needed to rest those older legs because our young legs were coming on. You know, we were down 3-1 to one in the series. We were in Game 5, Game 6, and had them on the ropes, I believe, in Game 7. And you're right. You know, I, I guess one another memory I have is before that game that just looking at it, a guy like Trevor Linden being as focused as he was and then going out there and putting on a, a spectacular performance. And, uh, you know, some guys are just, you know, their whole life kind of pivots around a moment. And, and you know, will, or, will they be at their best in that moment? And I thought Trevor was. I mean, during that whole Stanley Cup Finals, I thought he was terrific. You know, Kirk McLean played spectacular goaltender. And, you know, everybody was just a, it was a special group. We're joined by Sharks broadcast analyst Brett Hedekin, Bob Stopper with you on Oilers. Now, Brett,
Mac, uh, you could skate. I mean, that was that was your game. Heck, if you played today, you might have played fifteen hundred games instead of a thousand, right? Like that's just that's. And I mean that in all sincerity. You know, you wouldn't have spent any time to. Well, you're, you weren't in the minors for long, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you could you, you could really wheel. Um, how challenging do you think it would be to defend uh, a guy like Connor McDavid? Yeah, I thought a lot about that, you know, just watching him skate. And, and you're right, I took a lot of pride in the way I skated. And, and you know, a, a lot of times it, it's a much harder than it looks, right? I mean, people like McDavid and hopefully myself made it look easy. But, you know, there's a lot of training that goes into that. It's a lot of demand you put on your legs and, and not, you know, with McDavid, it just it looks effortless, right? And because he's so light on his feet and he's so agile on his edges that, he does a lot of his damage, I think, late in shifts because a lot of guys just aren't aren't as efficient a skater as Connor McDavid. So defending him, yeah, you got to defend him not only entering the blue line of your defensive zone, but once he gets inside the blue line, your work is just starting. <laughs> That's where it gets interesting, where he's able to, you know, grind you down because of his his strength, because of his ability to handle the puck and not make mistakes when he's got the puck on his stick. But then also the ability for his efficiency and his stamina is just what kills players. And uh, it's just so fun to watch this guy play. He, he's got the whole package, the brains, the skating ability, the handling of the puck, the finish. I just, I absolutely love watching this guy play. All right. Well, tonight at 17 in San Jose, and the Sharks have uh, fashioned quite a turnaround here. They started the year 4-10-1. And I guess a couple questions for you. Number one. Were they four ten and one bad, or was it a byproduct of, you know, a travel schedule because they had a lot of road games? What what happened there? Let, let me just say this: it was four ten and it was horrible. Four ten and one and it was bad. It was really bad, and it was. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I don't think anybody in this room or in the Sharks locker room would uh, sugarcoat it either. Particularly Pete DeBoer. Um, you know, I, I think just a lot of things happened you know i think they lose pavelski a real stable influence in the room um you know they lost a couple of you know you know a guy like jonas donskoy did not much there um you know you look at the defenseman they they didn't have in in the lineup in and redeem shimmick who was injured since last season um but when he got back in the lineup they've they've gone you know six and oh now with with shimmick in the lineup and i think He's a, a guy that would be under the radar, but because he's not flashy, a defenseman, plays with Brent Burns. But what happened is that slotted Mark Edward Vlasic with Eric Carlson. And this is the best I've seen Vlasic play in, in maybe a year and a half. Um, he just is getting the puck a lot more playing with Eric Carlson. They're, they're playing against other teams' top lines, but they're able to efficiently work the puck out of the defensive zone. I thought they did a terrific job the other night against the Oilers, uh, you know, holding McDavid, not even a shot on goal in the first 40 minutes. So I think that is a lot to be said with Vlasic and Carlson. Now it takes another three guys, your forwards out there, to help with those those two players. But um, I thought those two defensemen did a great job. So to, to give you a, a nutshell, a lot of road games in the first 13 games. They had nine on the road. They got off to a flat start. They had a lot of imbalances in their locker room. And they had some injuries that now they finally have been able to find their rhythm to get a full lineup where they now they're kind of finding an, an identity. Even though it's not there yet, I feel like this team is finally starting to move forward in a, in a positive direction. Has there been a passing of the torch with the leadership? Like, you know, Logan Couture and Hurdle and Meyer, have they grabbed this thing? You know, Marlowe comes back, but is it is it really their team and their time now? 
Yeah, it is, you know, and that's never going to be easy, right? I mean, because they're still in the room, Thornton and Marlowe. Um, but when you look at guys like Logan Couture and, and Tomas Hurdle and Timo Meyer, and, and even you got to say Burns and Eric Carlson, I mean, Carlson just signed the long-term deal. He's going to be a part of that room for a long time, along with Mark Edward Vlasic. So um, it is a passing of the torch, but the good thing about the Sharks, the fact that they're able to slowly let the, the reins of the rope go a little bit. And, and then you're starting to see that with Joe Thornton and Marlowe. And, you know, these guys are now allowing these next generational players to, um, to take the leadership and run with it. And I, I think it's been a good transition. We're joined right now by San Jose Sharks broadcast analyst Brett Hedekin, Bob Stopper with you on Oilers. Now, speaking of uh, Thornton and Marlowe, like for me, Slammed on Hall of Famers. Joe Thornton, 12th all-time in games played, 8th all-time in assists, uh, 14th all-time in points. Marlowe's 5th all-time in games played. He's got 555 goals. I mean, Dick Duff is in the Hockey Hall of Fame. No disrespect intended, but the guy had 550 points in 1,000 games. I know he won a couple cups, but, you know, but that's in the six-team NHL. Um, any question in your mind that Thornton and Marlowe are, are uh, first ballot Hall of Famers? I, I don't I don't have a question with it. I mean, I wouldn't even bat an eye at it. I think it's going to happen. I mean, Joel Thornton, uh, just the way he thought the game, thinks the game constantly. I mean, obviously his body's kind of, you know, grinding down now to the nub, but he's he just he just does things that I don't see other players do. I mean, he's got the vision of McDavid, and you know, obviously if you had the legs of McDavid, obviously at 40 years old, you're not going to be able to do that. So, But he's still trying to be effective as a third-line guy. He's accepted a new role. Um, but, yeah, first-time uh, ballot Hall of Fame for me. Patrick Marlowe, yeah, if he's not first-time ballot, he's going to be there. I, he just so many things this guy has done for the organization of San Jose. He's got every basically a uh, stat that you'd want to hold uh, here in, in franchise history for the San Jose Sharks. But both terrific guys off the ice and what they've done for the Sharks and, and uh, their careers have been phenomenal. I'll shoot you a stat on because I'm going to ask you about Martin Jones. But going into the game last week, the Oilers were fourth in the league in save percentage. Um, obviously, Mike Smith gave up six against San Jose. and <laughs> Miko Kostin gave up five uh, in OT against Dallas. Edmonton has dropped to 11th. But the Sharks, you know, they've been at 29th here for a while. Is the combination of Martin Jones and Aaron Dell good enough? Um, you know, in the past, I would have said yes. Um, this year, I'm, I'm I can't say yes anymore. Um, just because, you know, you want Aaron Dell to come in and and really be able to plug the hole and giving nights where Martin Jones needs a night off. And he hasn't been able to do that this year. Um, in the past, he has. But when you look at save percentage um, as a tandem, you know, last year we're close to 31st in the league. Um, and even with those stats, typically player teams don't make the playoffs or even have any success in the playoffs when you have that kind of save percentage. But they still, you know, they, they did fairly well in the playoffs. Um, thinking how we were going to get back into the season and where were they going to see a turnaround, we didn't see it at the start of the year. They couldn't get the save. Lately, Martin Jones has come up with a big save when needed. Yes, he's still giving up a lot of goals, but they're, he's making those one-two saves when they absolutely need a save. And then, obviously, the two shootout wins, he hasn't given up a goal against. He stopped seven in one game and then three the other night, both for shootout wins for the Sharks. So, you know, he's he's finding his game. He's finding a little bit of rhythm. And, yes, his stats aren't proving it. But, you know, the, the main stat you want to focus on is win-loss. And, finally, the Sharks are winning. They've won six in a row. 
Just a couple more questions for Brett Hedekin, who is San Jose Sharks broadcast analyst. Brett Vanderkane, he's an enigma. He scored 30 last year, had 153 penalty minutes. He's off to a decent start. Uh, plus minus has gotten better here on this winning streak. Is he a legit first-line power forward, in your opinion? Yeah. I mean, he's proven me wrong. I'm telling you. I I was a little bit scratching my head at the long-term contract that Doug gave him. But, you know, this year he's – and last year during the regular season. Now, the one thing he did say that he wanted to do when he first got to San Jose was, hey, I want to play in meaningful hockey games. I want to play in playoff hockey games. And so I was like, okay, let's let's see if he proves it. If he, let's see how meaningful games he wants to play in, and let's see if he can really perform. And I thought his performance in the playoff wasn't great. Um, it was good. Um, I was hoping for more. But what I'm seeing this year is him rebounding, saying, yeah, I want to be a better impact player, and he's being it. I mean, you look at coming into tonight, 18 games played. He missed the first three, obviously, for the suspension. But he's got 12 goals on the year. And uh, that's a pretty solid year. I mean, James Neal on the other side has got 12 as well, and, and, and Neal's played you know three more games, four more games than him. So um, I, I think you know he's a power forward, and you're seeing the power of his skating ability come to the forefront. And he's being more physical in the corners, holding onto the puck. So I, I tell you what, he's he's proving me wrong right now. He's, he's been a really impact player for the Sharks, maybe the most consistent forward all year. And you mentioned Doug and referring to Doug Wilson, and this team's got the best record in the NHL over the last 15 seasons. They just haven't been able to win the Cup. They've had you know several extended runs in all the playoffs. One of the things I think that the Sharks have done better, given the amount of assets they've given away to acquire the likes of a Carlson or a Kane and then sign those guys to long-term extensions, they have found European players to supplement the bottom end of their roster or undrafted 20-year-olds, you know, uh, to round things out. And, and I know Doug wouldn't say it's him, but it is a reflection on the amount of work and the model that they've gone that's uh, helped build them some success, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to Tim Burke and Joe Will and the scouting staff. Um, you know, they're both assistant general managers, Tim Burke and, and Joe Will, but Tim Burke is really – has now passed the, the scouting reins down to, to Doug Wilson Jr., so Doug's son. But, you know, he's learned from a guy like Tim Burke and where they, uh, and the fingers that they have around the world to be able to look and find these players that when you d- you're not drafting in the top, you know, 10 picks of the, the draft and you're, you're down to, you know, maybe the last 10 picks of each round. I mean, that's for them to be able to, to supplement, they have to find a way to do that, like like you said, to round out their their lineup, and they've been able to do that. And like I like Marcus Sorensen, you know, obviously, um, you know Jonas Donskoy, they had signed, obviously now in Colorado's got off to a terrific start this year with Colorado. But those are the types of players they seem to always find, and obviously, you know, finding a guy like Redeem Shimmick, an under the radar defenseman from Czech. He doesn't run around in his own defensive zone. He's played really, really well with Brent Burns. He settles him down. And there's another great find by their scouting staff. And uh, so you're right. They've, they've done a terrific job of just rounding out their, their, uh, their roster. And, Brad, we've joked about this in the past, but on a personal level, I mean, you are a great skater. But you're yeah. not close to the great skater, best skater in your household, are you? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. No, I'm actually the third, uh, third best because my, my oldest daughter, she doesn't skate at all. She skates a little, but it doesn't, doesn't like to put on skates. But my younger daughter, she does. She's a figure skater. And, uh, and obviously my wife is 
Olympic gold medalist, so I guess I will, I will take the, the third reign here with my family, which is I'm, I'm perfectly good with. Yeah, and Chris, you spent a lot of time at Edmonton uh, a number of years ago at the old Royal Lenora back when Kurt Browning yes. and Michael Slepchuk and Norm Proft and those guys were running the show there. They were. Uh, I used to work with Norm. He was a tremendous, still is a great guy. So super stuff. Hey, uh, we appreciate your time as always, Brett. We'll see you in about, uh, I don't know, about six hours. Yeah, we'll see in a couple hours. Should be a great game. And uh, thanks for having me on, Bob. Absolutely. That is Brett Hedekin, the longtime uh, broadcast analyst for the San Jose Sharks. It's 124 at Edmonton. I'll get to Texter 2 when we come back. Tell you about a little bit more on Oilers now. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Connor McDavid with a subtle seven-game point streak. He's got eight goals and 17 points during that stretch. You could text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. You think McDavid could win the Rocket Richard Trophy this year? I think he could. Uh, we'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village, steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Visit their Edmonton South, downtown, north side, and Sherwood Park locations. And uh, we'll tell you, you can head out to Wetaskiwin, where cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Get a no-charge winter performance package on most cars, trucks, and SUVs, plus 0% financing on Ford F-150s and select SUVs. Brent Ridge is an eight-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction, and they've got something screaming right now. Black Friday deals on F-150s taking place at Brent Ridge Ford out in Wetaskiwin. You can uh, go out and see my Uncle Milt, Johnny, Rich, and the gang out in Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. Tell them Oilers now since you can reach them at 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. Well, I bumped into Trent Brown uh, Sunday uh, before the uh, Eskimo game against the uh, Hamilton Ticats. Trent would obviously be disappointed that uh, the Eskimos didn't get the uh, result needed to advance to the Great Cup because uh, Trent was hoping those Eskimo players would have a familiar experience that he had back in 1993 when the Eskimos won the Great Cup at McMahon Stadium in Calgary. Speaking of Trent Brown, let's get to our injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com and here's Brendan Escott. All right, Bob. Well, I mentioned a couple of injuries in Montreal yesterday. Jonathan Drouin had surgery. He will miss eight weeks from uh, a wrist injury that he suffered. Paul Byron is going to miss a month recovering from knee surgery both injured in Friday's game against the Capitals. San Jose without D-man Dalton Prout. He's got an upper body injury. Tomas Hurdle is questionable dealing with a minor in, uh, knee injury but he didn't appear on all of the injury reports. That one is according to Puckpedia and the Oilers waiting to see if Adam Larson will draw back into the lineup tonight or if it's going to be later on this road trip of course Brandon Manning also remains out with a hand injury. Yeah, well, uh, Larson is not in tonight, uh, but I expect him to play against the L.A. Kings and Todd McClellan, who got shut out last night uh, in Arizona. Arizona's got a good hockey club. It's a tough road trip. Oilers with five good uh, conference opponents to play. We'll head off to a Global News Weather Traffic Update, and we'll get to Mark Spector, Sportsnet spec for the horses and the horse race in Alberta with uh, Live racing Friday and Saturday nights out at Century Mile, post time, 7.15. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.